0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, for only the second time in the history of the show, we have a repeat guest. And that guest is the top executive recruiter in all of sports, Mr. Bob Bodine.
1: You guys, Bob is so good at what he does. He's recruited for the NFL, college football, UFC, Major League Baseball, and for Tell Us a Good Story.
0: Yes, he has. Now, ever since we met Bob just over a year ago, he started reaching out to his friends to tell them they needed to talk to us, which we greatly appreciate. But what does he tell them? And how does he pitch us to his friends? His answer was hilarious and definitely not what I was expecting.
1: And guys, as you will hear, the second half of our conversation takes a major turn, and we're so honored to have Bob share a very personal story about his family. Can't wait for to hear this amazing conversation with Bob Bodine. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And
0: during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery.
1: Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis.
0: However, today we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to
1: Tell Us A Good Story.
0: This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio.
1: Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome.
0: Steph. Love him. I'm so excited about this next guest. He's pretty awesome. Friends, our next guest is president and CEO of Eastman and Bodine, which was named by the Wall Street Journal as the top recruiting firm in college sports. Sports Illustrated named him the most influential man in sports you've never heard of. And he is now only the second repeat guest ever on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tell Us Good Story, Mr. Bob Bodine.
1: Bob Bodine!
2: Man, I'm so excited to be with you guys.
1: Oh, we've missed you. I said
2: to my wife, who hasn't had a chance to meet you, I just love you guys. And so I know if she ever got a chance to be with us, it would be, uh, be epic as well. Because, you know, Cheryl's my best side, you know.
1: Kevin says that all the time about me. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, so I want to start off with a fun fact here. So, hey, we met... Wait,
1: we're starting out of the gate with fun facts. Well,
0: I only have like two here. Okay. Okay. So, fun fact here is we met Bob when we recorded episode 99. Okay. Okay. This was on October 15th, 2021. So we've known Bob for 16 months now. How many guests have we had that Bob has introduced us to, or they have introduced us to other people?
1: Ooh.
0: So in 60 episodes, we've had 46 guests. Okay. Of that, how many is related to Bob? 10. 12. 12. So, so over 25% of our guests, Bob, have come from you.
2: That is so good. Well, it's like finding the greatest restaurant you've ever been to. And of course, you're going to want to tell people. It's like all of a sudden you wanted to share with somebody else. And it's the
0: same with Kevin and Steph. <laughs>
1: oh, God, this is why we want to talk to him.
0: That is very kind. Okay. So when you've talked to your friends, Bob, how have you pitched us to them? I'm curious. Is it a tough sell or what do you say?
2: So I say, listen, I went on a podcast. This is the number one podcast in the globe. (laughs) That's my opener. And and I said, so when you're on, I said, the only way I can describe being on it is that the level of energy that comes off of this for you and how you can then respond to them will be so, so unbelievable for you if you would just join them. And I said, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do you a gift. And get you a shot at being on this show. Like, I know it's hard, but, but I'm going to give you a shot. What?
1: You say that?
2: That's what I say every time. And of course, everyone turns to me and says, how do I get on? How do I get on? <laughs> they, they all call me and say,
1: that was just
2: amazing.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: So, okay. So with The Power of Who, which is your first book that you had written, in that it's literally you need three best friends eight close friends. What was the calculation? Because that is what you need to be successful in life.
2: So in life, you get one best friend, three close, eight others, okay, okay in okay. this group. And these are your 12. And the reason you're you're so much closer, there's something that's knit in these 12. And they float. So they come in your life for a season, for a reason, and then poof, they move out. And then sometimes other people come in, but they have a radical, uh, just such a focused Point to get you on your assignment and your purpose and your destiny in life.
0: I'm amazed, Bob, at... Again, we've only known you 16 months. And you have taken it... I guess on one of your missions to mentor Steph and I. Mm-hmm. You've been absolutely amazing, Bob. And I don't know if you realize this, but every time we talk, I take notes. So I have on my computer, Google Docs, I've got Bob Bodine notes. And I've got all the conversations you and I have had. And every time I'm like, okay, I need to remember this. I need to remember this. Remember this. But last year, you (laughs) left me a voicemail on my birthday. And you actually sang Happy Birthday on my voicemail, which actually shocked me. You and I hadn't talked for a few months. And you're the only one who ever left me, besides my parents, a voicemail singing to me. So thank you. I still have that on my phone, actually.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I really believe that some things have kind of left that were just foundational aspects of friendship, right? That you remember birthdays, you don't just remember in a way, you make a moment out of it. And it doesn't take a lot to make a moment, but when you do, it's it's intentional. And so nothing could be more on a special day than to have someone that you're not expecting to sing you happy birthday, right? <laughs> the entire song. And of course, I'm just one of those crazy people. And, and but, you know, I, I have some messages that people have left me that I have saved for a rainy day, right? That they knew I was down. And then when you look back on it, it's why in all of my conferences reminded people what an opportunity we have with those. And if they only knew how powerful they were right. to their family and
0: their friends, right? Well, Bob, mm. you've got a birthday coming up March 6th. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you Thank for all that you do. And
1: expect a song from both of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're
0: a I duet that. here. Yes. Like- I like, that's even
2: better. A duet. I like that. My wife and I do that on, on various ones from our, for our nieces and our nephews. And then we'll sing different parts. And of course, Cheryl's such a great singer. So she can do in harmony with me. And of course, you know, I go, oh my gosh, that just made it so much better, you know. <laughs>
0: So, Bob, if people follow you on social media, your social media is awesome from inspirational quotes. But also, I'm always surprised what pops up in like your Instagram stories. You never know who you're going to be hanging out with. So like two weeks ago, I see an Instagram story and you're hanging out with Jamie Foxx. So how does that happen? Do you have a story of how did you meet him?
2: Of course. So in 2003, go back. I'd play Scott Drew at Baylor. We talked about being champion the very first night I closed him on this job, right? It's a story. So one day, all of a sudden, Scott Drew sends me pictures of Jamie Foxx because he's from like a spot in Texas here. And they all of a sudden were at a party. All of a sudden, he's like with his whole family. They're taking pictures. He's going to get them to come to a game. And so I thought it's so funny. So the very next week, I'm in New Orleans and I'm at this restaurant. And all of a sudden, who walks in the restaurant? It's Jamie Foxx. And he going in, he walks right in the back. He's got a whole entourage of about 20 or 30 people. They got the back room. And so I said, you know, I'm going back, Cheryl. (laughs) She goes, do not embarrass yourself. Do not go back there and all of a sudden have some conversation. And I said, you know better. And so they're all thinking this. And I don't lack the guts to go back. So I go into the back. I open up the doors. And now... There's like 20, 30 people. He's on the left hand side. I go across the way and I come walking and he's looking at me coming into the room. Okay. As I'm coming up, he stands up. I thought, okay, he's trying to figure out what who is this guy and what's he doing. And so I said, Scott Drew. And he goes, Do you know Scott Drew? And I said, I play Scott Drew in his job back in 2003. And he goes, Oh my gosh. He says, Honey, get out out of the way so I can come over. He says, What's your name? Bob. I go, Bob. I said, Hey. I just saw these pictures he sent of you. We got to have a picture. And he goes, we're not doing a picture. We're doing a video. Give me your phone. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, bam, we're in the moment. And so the problem with most people is that they just don't know, you know, that they can do that in life. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jamie Foxx, not only is he one of the great actors, one of the great musicians, one of the great singers, but he's a great human being.
0: So, what he posted on social media was that video of Jamie like having his phone and saying hi to Scott Drew.
2: <laughs> That's and he's awesome. Going, hey, where are you, Scott? And I'm <laughs> looking, <"Scott>, come on. <laughs> and, and so we're like saying, hey, here's our moment.
0: Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home?
1: Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details.
0: Well, thankfully, we know just the builder.
1: You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies.
0: Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E-companies.com.
1: Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. (sighs)
0: Okay, Steph, you.
1: Well, before we get into that, I just wanted to like talk to the S and let them know that we've dubbed Bob as the matchmaker of all sports, right? So it's something that people can like associate Bob because some people don't get sports. So explain that.
0: What Bob does? Yes. Okay, so in college sports. And even in professional sports, Mm -hmm. right, Bob will match up an athletic director, a coach to the university. Mm -hmm. So within like Division One college football, Bob has placed a coach or administrator of about 50% of the colleges right now of Division One sports. So that's what Bob does, whether it's UFC, baseball, NHL. He's done it all. I
1: didn't know you did
2: UFC. I did. I've done it all. I mean, I put in Patrick McEnroe, John McEnroe's brother as the like the head of the Davis Cup and kind of to run all professional tennis and and that was such a cool thing even there right just to be able to go to an event and there he is broadcasting with his brother and then all of a sudden you're now you know sitting and hanging with John McEnroe it's just too much fun
0: so bob when somebody's getting placed right the university or the organization will reach out to you and say hey we have an opening here how far in advance do you know if someone's going to get fired is it like, hey, this guy's getting canned in like two weeks or how far in advance do these universities let you know?
2: So most of the time they do it and then okay. bam they're calling me. Um, I would say that's like 85, 90 percent that they all of a sudden move on someone. but there are some times that they gotta stop and say, hey, if this person doesn't win the next six games in a row
0: <laughs> oh
2: okay, I don't really want to move on him, but if he didn't win this, we might be making a change. So I'm just prepping you in advance that says you don't have the job yet, but go and do some homework and tell me of this if all of a sudden, you know, can we do something? And so there is some of those moments as well.
1: Okay. Do you have direction of which coaches they're wanting you to go recruit or you, is this all you?
2: So every great athletic director always has two or three in his pocket that he loves. Now he'll know a large number of them because they're playing them, right? And, and so the people that I'm looking at are very happy, very successful, got their heads down and are trying to do the job. Now, the key in executive search is to make sure that no one knows you ever talked to them because that would be like cheating on your mates.
0: Oh. Right.
2: And so if their name was leaked and then what would happen is all the other coaches in that conference would immediately start you know, the portal change on their players. Yeah, Like, hey, your guy doesn't want to do this. So being confidential is one of the differentiating factors of our firm from people, because I run this kind of like the CIA, you know? Yes. (laughs) And so no one knows we've ever talked. No one knows any airplanes. No one knows anything. Now, people are saying names all the time because, you know, the various news people are always saying, hey, I would put up so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so. They would always do that. But No one ever talks to me. I mean, the reason I'm the most influential man in sports you never heard to, because you never talked to me. And so I never take any of those calls.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Say you're trying to recruit Kevin. How would you go about doing that?
2: So first off, I would know who's Kevin's best friend is. Uh And so I would find someone I know who knows him, who would say to him, hey, so I have a friend of mine, he's CEO of an executive search firm. And you want to know him. I don't know if this is the job or it isn't the job, but it would be worthwhile to know Bob Bodin because at some point, change is always in order and people make changes all the time, right? And so I call you up and I create a relationship off the triangle of the power of who? Because I know someone. So you have an 87% chance of having this relationship go well right off the bat because I know your friend and your friend you trust. So then what I would do is immediately I would turn to you and say, "Okay, so listen, i got a job. I want to talk to you about it. But before we talk about the job, why don't we consult together? Because as you know, I'm paid whether I fill it or not. So unless I have something great for you, I don't want to waste your time. So what I'd like to do is talk to you specifically about five things that a great job would be. And if we have these five things in comparison to your job and mine are better, then you want to take a close look at this Okay, so Kevin says yes. So I say, I've got a city that I know is in comparison to where you are, why it would work. I've already known that your mom is in Ohio, or Steph's is, and they haven't had a chance to see each other. And look at it, I'm going to bring you home. And so I already know all these things about you. It has to be so genuine, right? And so I'm not trying to, to talk you into a job. I've got a great job, and it should be these five things. So I would normally talk family first, Steph. And I'm I'm going to slow ball it where I'm I'm just saying look at all I want to do is just talk about it. You're going to go, so I want you to go home. This is what I would tell him, Steph. I want you to go home and say to your wife that you talked to this crazy building guy, and he thinks we're moving. <laughs> 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 and so I said, but you see how she likes it, and if we like that, then what I want to do is quietly behind the scenes set up a time for the two of you to meet. Then if you want to fly your wife in, you want to see the area, you want to look at the schools, you want to look at everything around it, then we'll take it. And so, you know, just ponder on that and tell me what you think. And then, I hey, you ask me questions of what you think, and then you ask me all your details.
1: Oh, my, you are so smooth. That is really good. So smooth. Okay,
0: Bob, how secretive do you have to get in meeting?
1: Oh, my gosh, I was just thinking that. Is
0: it you go to... On hotel, an airplane, a or, hotel suite, yes. you've got a secret knock or a secret passcode when you hit the door. Like, How secretive do you have to be? Really secretive.
2: And big university jobs, those are all public and everything's out. Yes. But most of the time, even in, in those jobs, there's a difference between being an applicant and a candidate. So at some point in a public search, you're going to have to be applicant, but you're not going to be that unless you're the only candidate for me. Okay. See what I'm saying? So yes. I might talk to six or seven. But I'm only going to present. Now, anybody who just wants to apply for a job, people ask me all the time. I get 250,000 resumes. A year. A year? 250,000. And everybody wants the job and everyone's wants something. And I tell people and they say, how many times have you placed somebody from a resume? Never. And they go, well, why do you get 250,000? They think the way they get jobs is called networking and sending in stuff. And so the answer is, that's why I wrote the book, The Power of Who, mm-hmm. because we already know everyone we need to know. And if I teach you this power of who, you're going to find your dream job, the thing that you were created for, because you you were created doing something that no one else in the world can do.
0: Okay. So yeah. one of the candidates that Bob just placed was Dion Sanders at Colorado. No! Yes. Again, like you said, everything's very confidential. Is there any story from that situation or meeting Dion or what he's like behind the scenes? Is there any good stories from that, Bob? Well,
2: yeah. So years ago, seven, eight years ago, he he came to our office just saying, hey, he wanted to get into coaching. And so we spent, you know, myself and my right hand guy, we spent like some time with him. And you know what? Deion Sanders is a, not anything like some people think because he's prime time. And so they're thinking, here's guy is going to come in. He's going to be done, 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 done. He's going to come in. And he's going to have the big coats and the big stuff and everything. He doesn't have any of that. He's a very humble, positive Christian guy. Uh, calls you, sir. He knows a lot about you. He studies a lot about you before he comes in. He takes copious notes about things and what people do, and uh, he had his heart in the right spot, right? And and he cared about kids, and he cares about making a difference. He had already been successful in life, so he has very high standards. And we had anybody really we wanted for this job because Colorado's the perfect spot. Mentally, for someone because they're in the Pac 12 and they can win the Pac 12. Yes. They were one, one in 11, but they can go from one and 11 to 12 and oh. Mm-hmm. And they just need the right leader. My favorite thing in life in Search is to take something that's been not working and bring in one person who could change the entire culture. And so Dion is that guy.
1: Okay. Has there ever been a university or a team that wanted you to go after a player or a coach and you're like, that's not going to be a good fit?
2: Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. So Really? Yeah. Because what happens is if today you were trying to find out and say, hey, so what's John Borling like? Is he a good guy? And we're going to do it. I know five people who know John Borling if we didn't know him. We had a candidate one time and, you know, Coach K one time said to me, hey, I really love this coach, da 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 You got to get after him. He's on our staff or he's a friend. And then he mispronounces his name. Oh, no. I go, I guess that's a really good guy. <laughs> 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 so, so you never know, right? But my job in search staff is to present the four best people. Now, most people think they can't go after this really good person like they're never going to leave. That's my first person on the call. I mean, I always like to call Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. And I say, hey, I've got this really great job. I called him for Baylor. And he says, who do you uh, who do you want on my staff? And I go, what are you talking about? I don't want someone on your staff. I want you. You're calling for me for the job? He goes, oh my gosh, let me close the door. I got to hear the pitch. Really? And then he goes, dang, you're good. I says, that just like a really good fit for me. He says, now I'm going to win the national championship here. Should I take that job? And I go, no, probably
0: not. <laughs> That's funny. Like He just wants to hear it.
1: Well, yeah. I'd want to hear it. Absolutely. Right? Pitch me. Yes.
0: All right, Bobby. you may or may not know this, but for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts so people know what they've done and Steph typically is not aware of any of these. You are the first person in the history of Tell Us a Good Story, 160 episodes. I did not get through the list of fun facts because you started telling stories and I'm just like, that is so much better than anything I have (laughs) on my piece of paper here. However, I went back and looked from episode 99, my notes, to see, was there any fun facts I didn't get to that I thought would be fun to bring up? And there's one here. So this is really cool about Bob. So we've already mentioned what he does for a career, Mm -hmm. but he is a big-time professional speaker as well. Bob has been a headline speaker at large corporate events, including the Texas Conference for Women. (laughs) So, Bob, my question is, how on God's green earth do you get invited to speak at a women's conference. Like I didn't know that was allowed. I thought there were rules against that. How does that happen? So I
2: played this game, did you know? Because we played it when we were like together with you. The, and then you had your brothers and your sisters. So we yes. play this game. Okay, well, we text message our best friend and we send them and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I appreciate your friendship. I love you. Three simple lines. They're the most affirming lines. You send it. If you send it to your mate, you got a 94% chance that they're come back and say, did you mean this for me? If you send it to your other friends, they say, are you drunk? And then some people, because of the <laughs> pandemic, they think you're dying. And now what's the matter? <laughs> so one of the people sent at the time, Rick Perry's wife, the first lady who's the governor of Texas. And during the time that their son's going overseas to go on out to war, it was so overwhelming for the first lady. To get this, that she stopped one day and, and calls over to uh, to my office and says, I got this conference, all women, 5,000, and it's going to be at the governor's mansion. And I'd like you to speak and I'd like you to do the text message. So I come, it's got Rachel Ray, it's got Pulitzer Prize women, it's packed. I get everybody first to start hugging each other. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you say, hey, I got this game. And I only get like, Seventeen minutes to do my talk at all, okay? Because I got so many great people on this thing, and so I'm doing it. I start doing the text message game. It goes crazy. Everybody wants to tell what they're experiencing. They got two microphones, and so everyone's coming up and telling how that I got this message, this person loves me. I, I got a person who said I can't believe you sent it. My my husband just found out he had cancer, and, and this and this is the moment we're all praying for them. All of a sudden, there are two thousand women waiting to get and tell their text message. Really? And Bob's done with his 16, 17 minutes. <laughs> and, and so out comes the governor's line, okay? <laughs> out comes, she comes out and she goes, oh my gosh, look at those people in line. This is so good. She goes, now listen, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to make a government decision here. <laughs> she goes, Bob is going to stay after and he's going to listen to all 2,000 of you. And you can tell him your, your message. Are you going to do that, Bob? I said, Yes, ma'am, I'm going to do that. <laughs>
0: All right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time?
1: Uh, Obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. (laughs) Yes. Nailed it.
0: Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where.
1: But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas.
0: Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want.
1: And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.
0: All right, listeners. So I feel like I need to give context to what you're about to hear. So Bob is about to share a very, very personal story about a tragedy that took place in his family. Bob has three daughters, four grandchildren, the youngest being Bo, who was one year old when he passed away this past summer. He was found at the bottom of the family pool. And Bob goes through the story and, and how this impacted his family. Just so honored that Bob was willing to share this on Tell Us a Good Story as he has not shared this publicly on any other podcast or radio shows, anything like that. So we were very honored that he opened up and shared this to honor his grandson, Bo, and to help listeners like yourself who may be going through just incredible tragedies as well. So when you hear Bo, Bo was named after the Bodine family, right? So it's spelled B-E-A-U. Then when you hear the name Rob and Jenny, Rob is his son-in-law. Jenny is his daughter. Well, Bob, you have been, like I said, like a mentor to me for the past 16 months. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. But one of the conversations you and I had that was incredibly memorable was you just opened up and started telling me what had happened to your family over the past year and your grandson and the impact that that had. So if you're comfortable, would you mind sharing with Steph what happened with your grandson, Bo? Because this blew me away.
2: So everyone in life, I find, has trouble. I was looking at something today to set up my thought process a little bit. So Isaiah 65:24 says that before you call, I answer you. As you were speaking, I was hearing you. Okay, so I want you to think of that quote, which is pretty amazing, that God already knows some things. He's actually doing something for you, and he's in this process with you, which is the whole point of two chairs, one for you, one for God, and you sit and talk. Um, my life quote is John 16, 33. Who would pick this quote? No one in their right mind. But in this world, you have trouble. Be of yes. good cheer. My wife's quote is Philippians 4, 6, 3, Be anxious for nothing. Just make your request known. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding is going to, end, is going to come on you. And so, when we got the call from my granddaughter um, that something had happened, that all of a sudden that my my grandson is in the pool and he's drowned, we did not think good cheer. We just looked at each other and said, "Let's go as fast as we can." And so we rushed to the hospital. When you're heading to a hospital, you're not thinking boy, I need a prescription plans. You're screaming, God, please help me. And so um, there's some tough times in life that all you can do is pray. And so luckily my son-in-law, who would have ever thought when he was a sophomore in high school that he, he's this big lug of a a football lineman, that he would be a lifeguard and he pulls Bo out of the pool and resuscitates him to be able to get us to care flight him to a hospital, to get us seven days in the ICU. And so in times like this, it's overwhelming. But you have so many miracles along the way in a process of being in a hospital, right? And the first thing that I'd say is you got to tell people, we went out on public and said, hey, we need prayer. And a lot of people, they sometimes think going out public and saying something on on social media. My, My daughter's an Instagram influencer. And she's just fantastic, but she has a lot of people who care about her, right? And they love her. It's a community and they talk back. And so if you would have saw, we had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people sending us notes on both. So what happens in a process when you don't get to control something and you have you have no thought except for you're either going to go to fear or faith? There's no in-between ground. It's if you have no faith, you have no peace. And what God said is, Hey, you're going to have to let me in here. And so, day two, we all locked arms, our family. We just locked arms and and just stopped and said, "We surrender. We yield. Uh, we need your help. We need you to come in. And we just we're just thanking you for something here that you have bigger than us. It's a must be a bigger plan. And we want you to wake him up. That's our number one goal. But we want you to step in. And I would tell you that prayer works. Maybe sometimes the result's a little different, but prayer works. So we started praying for everybody and everybody on our floors. My youngest daughter would sing praise for like an hour every day. And all the nurses would come in and sit in the room and just sit with her and cry and just be there. You know, it's very hard to be a nurse or a doctor on an icy new floor because they don't want to share their emotions, right? They had just gone through COVID. They just came through this that most of the stories don't end well on ICU. When you get outside of our room, which was bright because we had all come together and prayed in one accord, if we walked outside, we felt, uh-oh, this is kind of hopeless. We need to kind of spread some things. So we would go and do that, and it, we became a little church. So what happened all of a sudden is on on day six they and day seven are really bad days sometimes because they're trying to do tests to tell you that your grandson is like, His brain isn't working any longer, right? And they don't do it to you once. They try to do it twice. And now, how do you respond? So while we're sitting down at like Starbucks, I'm now processing this whole thing, right? So We had just been on vacation with our family and we just had moments with Bo. I mean, it was just like unbelievable because he's walking and he's doing some things and he's playing this game, coming around looking for me to hold the pretzel so he could eat the pretzel and he could go do this for an hour in a row, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so- so, but three weeks before that, I was asked to give a a commencement address. I'd never been asked to do a commencement and I gave it to Dallas Baptist University. And so my talk to students, I said, so in this world you're gonna have trouble. Now you you graduate and joining the job market's tough. And so you have to know how to respond to trouble. To, that's the key to success here. I said, one of my favorite books is by Viktor Frankl. And he, he was in a Nazi death camp. And they killed his mom, his dad, his family, all his kids, everybody. But he was not going to quit. He was not going to give in to this. And he said this amazing quote. He said that between any stimulus, whatever happens to you, and every response is a space. And you get the power to choose your response. And you're, if you make it emotional, you're going to spiral down. If you make it intentional, there is room, even in the midst of this horrific thing, there's room for growth and freedom. I had no idea that I was saying this speech to myself three weeks later. Mm. God had set up something so that I would hear something that I would say, so how are you going to respond, Bob? And how are you going to do this? And so on day eight, my grandson, we have a thing they did, the honor walk. And on day eight, he gave his heart to a four-month-old who had never been home from the hospital. I mean, he's 11 months old now. In four or five months, my daughter's going to get to meet that little boy who has her heart. Mm-hmm. On, on that day, he gave his liver to a boy that was on our floor. And isn't it unbelievable? I prayed for a boy who got my grandson liver. And he's now home and well. And on, on the same day, he gave his two kidneys to a woman who's 42 years old, who didn't have long to live, but she's now, she's home, all three. And so I tell my my son-in-law, well, listen, you know, I'm so sorry that this, this has happened. And I said, you're my hero, Ron. I mean, can you imagine their families? Our family rejoices for them. I mean, we rejoice. And so what's happened since all of a sudden we did this, I'm the proudest of my daughter, Jenny is that the doctor came in and did not want to tell her under any circumstances that this isn't going to work for Bo. And, and she looked at Jenny and said, I just don't want to sell you this. And we're all in the room. They are all about our And Jenny just stood up and said, did I tell you how great a doctor you are? And how much you loved Bo and all of what you did was so fantastic. I just want to tell you that I love you. And this woman? <laughs>
0: Broke. And she
2: just hugged. And one of the things you just don't see the miracles, right? I mean, I look at Jenny, I said, I've never seen a response in the midst of this. So a day in heaven's for people who have trouble. Listen, a day in heaven's a thousand years. So when I die, Bo is gonna miss me three minutes. And I can just see Jesus walking Bo into heaven. There's my mom who I did the whole two chairs book around. She has 25 great-grandchildren. She has not seen one yet. She comes in. She grabs Bo. Do you think Jesus ever gets to hold him again? <laughs> and so I, we have had dreams since about that. On day eight, when we went out, we did a video of the final honor walk where all the doctors, nurses are cheering for Bo. We say our last goodbyes. I'm still expecting him to be picked up. And 22 million people on TikTok watched that.
0: 22 million. Bob, that is one of the most incredible videos. I think I've ever seen. Absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah. And if people ever want to look at that, go to my daughter's thing, the Downtown Alley, A L Y, on Instagram. And so they can go backward to June and see that.
0: So, Bob, as you're going through these tough times, you as the father, you as the grandfather, the leader of your family, what do you do in regards to, hey, we're going to trust God, we're going to hold hands, we're going to pray? Like, what do you do in those moments to really? kind of rally the troops rally your family in faith
2: so we're finishing eighth day and they're coming through in the video and we're going i'm saying i'm thinking god's going to pick him up it's going to be an epic movie this could be the greatest thing i mean all these people are going to see him and he's going to be up and all these other people have told me thousands of stories of people who have and, and he didn't and i said so you're not picking him up and he and god looked at me and goes hey he's been with me since tuesday i got a better story now look to your right And I look to my right and there's my family. And as a patriarch of our family, I can tell you, they weren't at the best state right there. And my job is to immediately rally the troops, right? On day two, we went to a movie in the hall of us together. On day three, it was Cheryl's birthday, my wife's birthday. I had everyone come to my house. I called my mother in law, who's 89. I said, get to my house. I'm eating the pool. So I'm going to get you in the pool, grandma. I need Cheryl in the pool, I need me in the pool, I need the grandkids in the pool, and I want Rob and Jenny to see that there's no curse on a pool here. So everybody who's listening today has a one-year-old and a, and a grandkid or the other, and I don't want you to be fearful of any of that. I, you know, I want you to be prudent, but I don't want you to be fearful. And number two is is that you can't hold this together. I mean, half of the people that we're listening to have had something just as bad, but they haven't given it up. I mean, God paid for our grease. He didn't pay for the morning. But I mean, our job is to constantly lift up. So what's our other choice? I mean, I know Bo in heaven does not want me to be sad. He's joyful. He's having a great day in heaven. But at the same time, I have to understand that Jenny and Rob are hurt. I need to be there.
1: So I want you to tell listeners who have gone through this and they are mad at God. They have walked away from God. What do you tell them, Bob?
2: So, so God knows your situation. He knows. He didn't do this, but he is going to turn this situation around for you. You can't hold on to the pain. You're incapable of doing it. You need to talk to your friends. You need to talk to God. You need to let God all of a sudden show you what he's got for you. He loves you. He knows. Listen to me. If our world was finite, well, then I'm going to be in deep trouble. But ours isn't. It's eternal. It's eternal. So I'm going to spend eternity with Bo. and I'm going to have monstrous moments ahead in all of this process. What I want you to do is say, Hey, listen, we're not promised today, but God wants you to take care of the kids you got today. Take care of your husband and your wife, who you have today. And my whole thing is it's what choice do I have without faith? It's impossible to please God. And so my point is, is faith has an ability to all of a sudden with God bring joy back into the family. And my whole point is that if I know that my son or my daughter who had something go wrong and they're in heaven having the greatest day of their life, then I got to have a different perspective. And so I would ask you when you sit at two chairs, say, hey, so show me what's happening in heaven. Show me, put it on my mind and watch how God opens up. And listen, I can't lean to my own understanding of this. But I can tell you that when we wielded, we just surrendered. What can I do? We started and watch how this will move you. I, 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 listen, I've read a lot of grieving books recently, and I'm going to write a book before too long here soon. That's going to all of a sudden have just show a different perspective. Our situation is not tragic. We love God more and we've seen him move more.
0: Well, final thing I want to ask you about. I was amazed by the people that come up to you because as a professional speaker, everyone wants to share, hey, look at the very shiny, good things that are happening. But I'm shocked by the people that have opened up to you and say, hey, this is what's taking place in my family. Can you, can you share some of these stories with stuff?
2: So there's never a time in your life that you don't have trouble. I mean, we've had lots of trouble. Don't write a book called Two Chairs and Not Think like You're not going to have trouble because the, the main goal here is to kill, steal, and destroy your goals and your purpose in life. That's the whole goal. If I can get you depressed, I'm, you're out and you're no longer speaking. The number one way of death is, happens for kids is through drowning. And so all these people come to you and they, they've never told anybody. And they say, okay, let me tell you. I mean, everyone's got a story of a of something. I, I gave a talk. I hadn't given a, gone three weeks after I gave a talk for a, a large group of people in San Diego. So when they come up to you, I hug them. And you don't know what. When you've gone through trouble, what a hug's like when someone's given it to you compassionately and they care. Number two is, listen, are you okay? Now, let me introduce you to some thoughts that are different. Your thoughts are not your own. The enemy wants to destroy those. Listen, God's gonna do something and turn this situation with your other family members and all the other stuff and everything around, let's pray about this. And so if I could tell you, I've had sense Bo, a hundred people at least call me in total disarray. And so people need to be given hope. So I want people to realize that even who are listening here, text me, tell me something that they're doing. Get on Facebook with me, get on LinkedIn. Let me pray with them. Do something. Why? Because you can't carry this burden alone. And the guy who created the whole world, he said, hey, I'll carry that for you. I'll walk that with you. If you'll think through, he's never left you. He was there all the time and he knows and he can help you. I would tell you this. Our lives are so much different today than I was when you and I met last time. It's not the same. So when anytime I'm on thing and a person in my group ever dies, I always first, I send him a note and I say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. What a great son. What a great daughter you were to your mom. I mean, can you imagine how proud they are of you? I said, I said, I'm so sorry that this, I said, I've lost my mom and dad. I know how this feels and I'm so sorry. Then I say, but, dun, dun, dun. It's a great day in heaven. It is an awe-dropping, jaw-dropping, awesome thing. Can you imagine your mom who no longer has cancer, no longer has multiple sclerosis, no longer has anything, and they are leaping and jumping and running and they have the greatest air golden streets, they're moving and they're running by all these people this cloud of witnesses. And all these people want to meet you to tell you that you did something for this person who this made the difference for me. And it's all because you did this one thing and you don't even know any of these people of what you did. Can you imagine what people are going to say about the two of you? Because you have such a, a humble spirit, but the reality is I don't care what you think. What you're doing is having an impact on other people. And the more direct you are in your statements with it, the more you'll be blessed. The more you try to be general to cover everybody in the world, the less you'll have. You don't have to go and conform to the world. I don't want a podcast that conforms to the world. I want a podcast that changes the world. Mm. And so, and that's who you are. And I know that you two, dang it, who hasn't had trouble like you guys have? And you would say, well, I didn't have this. And I go, Yeah, but at the time, did you think it anything was like, hey, like, hey, you were feeling less than we did? Absolutely not. But that's why I love you two, because you both are lights, bright lights of hope to people. And you make a difference. You make a difference in my life. You make a difference in every person's life who actually listens to everything you do. And I'm your biggest fan.
0: Oh, thank you, Bob. Bob. Well, listeners, for more information about Bob, you can go to his website, BobBodine.com. Also, Facebook. He's BobBodine.who. On Instagram, he's the TheBobBodine. And I would highly mm-hmm. recommend his two books, Two Chairs, Power of Who. Steph and I actually ordered this book and gave it to friends and family mm-hmm. during Christmas. It is fantastic. Literally life-changing. It is. And I don't say that lightly. Literally life-changing. Well, Bob, thank you so much, sir. As always... We love every moment we get to spend with you. We get to talk to you. And thank you for saying yes to us a second time to be a guest here on Tell Us a Good Story.
2: Well, it's such such an honor to be on with you and I appreciate it as well. God bless you both.
0: Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms.
1: You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review.
0: Thank you for listening to
1: Tell Us a Good Story.